We all know ports play a key role in the global economy. They're vibrant clusters of activity that help cities and nations thrive. They bring in the latest and greatest gadgets, vehicles, and clothing, while helping homegrown goods and commodities reach international markets. And they provide incredible employment opportunities and tax revenue. But over the years, the public's relationship with the port has shifted. These days, people are more quite rightly concerned about things like traffic, noise, and pollution. The same shores once lined with warehouses, docks, and rail yards are now prized property for residential development instead. Homeowners, especially in Vancouver, worry about their property values and sightlines. Welcome back to Breaking Bottomex, a brand new insiders podcast series brought to you by the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority. I'm your host, writer and historian Aaron Chapman. Today we'll talk about the importance of being a good neighbor and examine how a lack of community acceptance can be one of the most challenging bottlenecks of all, resulting in hard feelings, lost opportunities, and bad press, or even worse, a cancelled project. We begin a day in North Vancouver, where back in 2012, the port ran into some resistance when it unveiled a $100 million plan to enhance rail and port operations by adding cargo capacity to what's known as the North Shore Trade Area. It had trouble written all over it from the beginning. Residents were understandably concerned about things like the expropriation of property and the potential safety and recreational impacts. But fast forward a few years and the low-level road project had been deemed a huge success. It even picked up the prestigious Bill Curtis Award from the Canadian Institute of Transportation Engineers, which celebrates technical excellence in the field of transportation engineering, design, and traffic operations. To find out how the project went from such a tough sell to a poster child for community engagement, I reached out to the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority's Vice President of Environment, Community, and Government Affairs, Duncan Wilson. Duncan, good to be with you today. Hello there. Duncan, what did the low-level project entail, and why were residents so concerned about it first? Well, basically, I, I remember actually when we first decided to take on this project and thought, oh, this is going to be a tough one. I mean, basically, what we were doing is taking a road between a uh, community and the port, moving up the hill toward the community, and putting in noise walls and uh, bringing the road closer to the houses. We needed to be able to expand the rail infrastructure on the port. And by moving the port, the road inland a little bit, it gave us space for an extra two tracks. There were also a number of at-grade crossings all the way through there, which was a problem both for the port from an operat mm -hmm. operating point of view and for the community. Because as you can imagine with at-grade crossings, there's lots of opportunities for conflicts. Trains need to whistle at those at-grade crossings, which right. is a noise irritant for the community. Uh, it also meant there were shorter pieces of track rather than one nice long piece of track, which means that in order to assemble and disassemble trains, you have to shunt them. So it's basically bash rail cards into each other to connect them. And so the combination of that shunting and the train whistling was a huge annoyance to the community. So by moving this road up the hill a bit, eliminating those at grade crossings and putting in an overpass, you eliminated a lot of that noise, but you also did move the road closer to the homes. Making matters even more tricky, Duncan actually knew the residents of many of those homes personally. <laughs> yeah, it was particularly challenging for me because um, here I am responsible for the community consultation and uh, some of my best friends actually lived in that community. And it's, they don't just, they didn't just live in that community. They were like the go-to house on the block. And so, I'd be over there and I got to know all the neighbors and they became sort of 
friends of, of my good friends. And, and um, then my good friends moved away. But very shortly after they moved away, all of a sudden we were advancing this project. So I knew the entire neighborhood or half the neighborhood anyway, and it seemed. And so um, I had a lot of phone calls and I was in people's living rooms and they were really quite concerned. And, you know, on top of that, my staff and the rest of the team were also in other people's living rooms talking to them. It was a very, right. getting this project across the line was a living room by living room approach to a community consultation. Why is community engagement so important to the port or why so much to this level? We're expanding the country's largest port in the context of 16 different municipalities. And these communities come about right up against the port. And so you've got this big industrial complex right next to housing. And so this is an issue all the way around us. So if we're going to continue to grow and expand the port, we can only do that with support from the community. So it's critical to us being able to expand and grow. And of course, that growth is critical, not just to the port and its partners, but to the Canadian economy in general. Duncan told me there's been $7.5 billion invested in infrastructure alone in the Lower Mainland in the last number of years, with more than another $7.5 billion on the books. Just a short way down Low Level Road, where Lynn Creek spills into Vancouver Harbor, sits Neptune Terminals, one of the largest multi-product bulk terminals in North America. The company has been handling Canadian potash and steel-making coal for markets around the world since 1968. And incredibly, it's increased capacity from 3.2 to 24 million tons, all on the same footprint, with a target of 30 million tons by 2021. Being a good neighbor during all that construction has been critical. To find out more about how the company maintains such a cordial relationship with residents, First Nations, and the city of North Vancouver itself, I sat down with Lisa Dooling, the Director of Community and Stakeholder Engagement at Neptune. With so many stakeholders involved, what's the key to finding common ground in regards to the port and customers and direct community engagement? I think the key is really understanding uh, where everybody's coming from and what everybody's needs and wants are. And with a project like this, that was really critical, was understanding um, what it would take to get everybody's buy-in and support for the project. All the stakeholders had to get on side, you know, the city, the First Nations, the port, the terminal operators. And we had to first figure out what it was that we all needed and wanted out of the project. And so then going into consultation with residents, we were all able to speak to it from our own point of view about what the needs and benefits potentially were, mm -hmm. as well as hearing from concerns from people who were our neighbors and um, people who we cared about maintaining a long-term relationship with. It helps to be starting from a position of trust. And that's what we've worked really hard on for about the last 15 years at Neptune is getting to know our neighbors and build that trust with them. The plan to reconfigure Low Level Road did test that trust for a time. But ultimately, the community's feedback and participation in the process proved critical to the project's success. You know, you really can't get anything built these days without having the community on side. So that was, of right. course, important. But I think it made the project better, to be honest. You know, it was a very collaborative effort between all the stakeholders, but also with the local community. Mm -hmm. And I think most people now would agree that it's a resounding success and hopefully people can see the results of their input in the work in the final project. I know, for example, that the Tsleil-Waututh Nation wanted those murals that were uh, designed and built into the walls that run alongside the road. Mm -hmm. The neighbors wanted the glass sound barrier at the top, which was added. So I think that people can see, as I say, see their input in the final project. And for us, 
we would not want to have done anything in a way that jeopardized that trust. For sure. So the the fact that it was it was a positive outcome in the end, ultimately that whole neighborhood that's known as Moodyville is now completely changed and rejuvenated. And it started with this project, the rezoning that was made possible, that's seen the complete transformation and people who wanted to sell their homes did very well under that rezoning process. Right. And uh, that neighborhood will be completely different now for the future. It's really rejuvenated. I also asked Lisa about the lessons learned and the takeaway for other businesses that are worried about potential resistance from residents. I think it's taught us all how to work together Mm -hmm. and how to collaborate where there's mutual interest. It's definitely taught us how to work together as a group to manage our, mitigate our cumulative impact as terminals uh, in a way that we didn't do before. There are um, rail infrastructure improvements that are underway now. They're not directly on the North Shore. They're on the other side of the bridge. Right. But I think you're seeing that same kind of collaboration from the port and the terminal operators and some other stakeholders like the railways on those projects as well. You are listening to Breaking Bottlenecks, a behind-the-scenes look at how collaboration, communication, and innovation are driving business at Canada's largest port. I'm your host, Aaron Chapman. And if you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. Now, from a business standpoint, the case for the low-level road project was clear. It was designed to support an estimated 30 to 50% increase in growth for the North Shore trade area and the many cargo terminals that handle Canadian exports. But while the industry stakeholders were sold on the benefits from the start, getting residents to see it as a win was a bigger challenge, one that the current mayor remembers well. Mayor Buchanan, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Linda Buchanan was a newly minted city councillor at the time, but vividly recalls the project and the stir it caused. So literally kind of between being inaugurated for the first time and before Christmas break, was sitting in the living room of some residents down in the Moodyville area who really wanted to like show me and explain to me why this was such a bad project and the impact it was going to have. And I literally was sitting there and at one point I said, okay, I'm new here. I'm just, uh, I'm learning. But in my mind, I was going, what did I get myself into here? <laughs> this is going to be really tough. And how is the city ultimately able to find a balance between the needs of industry and the needs of residents? You know, the reality is the city of North Vancouver has always been a port city. It will always be a port city. But over time, you know, as the port got bigger and people, we start to look at more livability within cities there can be a bit of conflict and rub between industry and the residents. And so for this project, there was really trying to find that balance of making sure that the port, which is a vital component of our local economy, it also has very high paying jobs and a tax revenue that it produces for us. And it also connects to the larger provincial and national economy. So it is a big component of our economy. Um, And so we needed to make sure that as it was going to continue to grow a bit, we needed to look at how can we create as much livability as we can, but supporting their operations as well. And how do you think the lessons learned from all of this inform the city's future decision? You know, these moments give us the opportunity to bring people to the table and look at how we can do collaboration and consultation in different ways and not have a conflict driven that, you know, at the end of the day, 
for this project, it was people needed to realize that, you know, the port wasn't going anywhere. And if anything, it's going to be expanding through the future. And so how can we make sure that we bring people to the table early and talk about mutual benefits and outcomes as opposed to kind of just saying, well, we can just do this because we can. And, you know, all of a sudden there's a line in the sand and you're dealing with conflict. In the case of the low-level road project, the mayor says the more collaborative, consultative approach paid off in a big way. Neptune, the Port Authority, and its other partners got the valuable space and infrastructure improvements they needed to grow their business, while the community got safety, traffic, and transit upgrades, bike lanes, the Spirit Trail, and zoning changes that saw an entire neighborhood revitalized. You know, we, we talk about it a lot collectively together, and I think that both the terminal operators that are down there, the port itself, and our local government, and then our city have all learned that you can actually come to the table with complex problems. You can actually work through some of the stuff and you can get to some really good decisions. And I think we need to remember that there's not projects really today that doesn't have multiple stakeholders at the table. And so I think there's been some really great lessons learned out of this that um, can be applied as we continue to build our city and create a great city. Well, that's great. Thanks for spending. I know you're very busy up there, Mayor, so we should let you go. Thanks for spending some time with us on Breaking Bottlenecks. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. This is a project that we are incredibly proud about and have great relationships with the port and our port terminal operators, and so, um, as well as that community down there. So we're always very happy and pleased to be able to tell our story and our collaborative uh, relationships surrounding it. Whether a project requires the expropriation of property or simply reconfiguring a road, managing public perception is a critical component. And in the case of the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority, which works in and with 16 different municipalities, that means a multitude of perspectives to consider. So I decided to seek out a final word on the subject from our friend Peter Exotta, the port's vice president of planning and operations. A big part of being a good neighbor means responding to legitimate issues that both our neighbors and users of the port have. We're trying to strike that, once again, that balance between the economic activity, the environment, and, uh, and the community issues, such that we can fulfill our mandate as a port to grow Canada's trade and the consequent beneficial effects of the economy, but doing so in a way that respects the uh, issues that neighbors have. They say good fences make good neighbors. But as the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority and its partners like Neptune Terminals have proven, it's sometimes better to tear down the barriers that divide us. Because when industry and residents work together to resolve their differences, any perceived loss can be turned into a win for the entire community. Join us again for more behind-the-scenes conversations with customers, management, partners, and workers at the port. You can download Breaking Bottlenecks at Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. While you're there, why not subscribe so you'll get notified whenever a new episode comes out. For more information, you can always check out portvancouver.com. I'm Aaron Chapman. Thanks for listening. 